Welcome into hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl, which uh, a lot of people have uh, over the years advocated should be a national holiday. I think that's a little silly. Uh, we already <laughs> elevate sports to a very high place in our culture. I don't think there's any reason for it to be a national holiday, but uh, the game was a good game up until the officials decided they would uh, make everyone know they're there. And really think about the oddity of the Super Bowl being decided on a disputed penalty. Uh, It was decided on a disputed penalty last year. Bengal fans, remember, disputed penalty against Logan Wilson. Pretty much the same time of the game, same kind of call, put the Rams in position to beat the Bengals. The Super Bowl is... How much money is at stake on the Super Bowl? How much money is gambled on the Super Bowl, spent on ads on the Super Bowl, tickets on the Super Bowl? And the person whose decision to call that penalty in the Super Bowl, at the juncture the penalty was called, does anybody know that person's name today? Does anybody know where that person lives, came from, background? No. They're totally anonymous, right? I mean, how that's just wild to me. And I'm not saying find this person and out him. I'm just saying that's wild to me that a game is decided, an enterprise with billions of dollars hinging on the outcome, and legacies of people established for the remainder of their career and after their career. And what, some school teacher from Bangor, Maine, or a banker from Peoria, Illinois, or a consultant from Des Moines, Iowa, decides to throw a flag on defensive holding rather than give the Eagles the ball with a chance to quite likely drive down the field and either win the game or tie the game with a field goal of their own in the waning seconds? That's crazy. But that's not what I want to talk about with the Super Bowl. What I want to talk about with the Super Bowl is one of the better sets of commercials done on the Super Bowl. Pam, which commercials did you think were the best commercials? Just quickly give me, like, which one or two stood out to you? Well, I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan, so when Michael Keaton appeared— Batman. I was yeah. just, wow. So he's going to be in a Marvel movie so as Batman? It looks like, what and, and what I read further, not to spoil it too much, but what I read further is we may end up with two or three Batmans in this upcoming, I think it's the Flash Oh, good. Movie. Heaven forbid we don't have enough so Batman movies. There, well, I'm saying there'll be different ages, <laughs> different eras. Anyway, so I was excited about that. And then I also liked Ben Affleck oh, in, the, great. Uh, yep. in the donut commercial. Yeah, that was great. And J-Lo pulling up. J-Lo. Is this where you've been going when you yeah. say you go to work? Yeah. Now, ben Affleck is a big Dunkin' Donuts guy. Apparently he releases on social media pictures of himself mm-hmm. leaving D- Dunkin' Donuts. Right. So people were excited Those about were that. Those were my favorites. I thought the Farmer's Dog commercial where the dog was with the girl all throughout her life, including when she had kids, I thought that was well done. And the other one that I thought was well done until the end, till I found out what it was about, was the girl playing flag football. And she was like dodging everybody trying to pull the flags off of her waist in flag football. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we had to get the woke NFL message that women are pushing the sport forward. Women are not pushing football forward. Okay. Women are joining in with football. Mm-hmm. They're becoming assistant coaches in mm-hmm. football. They are welcome in football. They are trainers. Women are not pushing football forward. They are not. Okay. There are things that men are not pushing forward, that women drive. Women are not pushing football forward. That's just nonsense. It's utter nonsense, and it's the NFL playing into this thing that we have to, we have to include everyone. Right. Now, yes. The commercial I want to talk about, the two, are the commercials that you've probably seen some of them before, but I think last night's two were new, the He Gets Us commercials. The He Gets Us commercials is an effort by uh, people who want to 
get Jesus out into the public conversation. And while I talk about headlines and unidentified flying objects and inflation and all manner of headlines here on this show, there's nothing more important in my life and there's nothing more important in my mission on this show. The reason I do this show is because I feel like it is important to have somebody who is viewing the headlines of the day and analyzing them through the prism of my faith in Christ. That is the reason I do what I do. I don't do it for the money. (laughs) I know that. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it because I feel like this is where God has me at this point in life. So when there's a commercial on national television during the Super Bowl about Jesus, fantastic. Let's make sure it's the right Jesus. So I think we ought to discuss, and I ought to give you the benefit of my research into the He Gets Us campaign, what it's about, because you're going to see more of these ads. They spent $20 million on these ads last night, and they're said to be ready to spend over the course of the next couple of years $2 billion. I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, because these commercials have been running on regular yeah, TV for have. a little while. Yeah, Yeah. And let me just say this. Anything that gets Jesus out in the public conversation can be a great thing if it ultimately results in people going to the one source of who Jesus is, the Bible. That is the place you need to go because that is where you will get the inspired holy word of God about his son, who his son really was, what his son really was, And I'm not comfortable with it being given to you in pieces and parts by people who have an agenda to present some parts of Jesus and leave other parts of Jesus out. The really amazing thing about Jesus and about God is that they are infinite beings. They are infinite beings. What do I mean by that? There are a lot of people out there who may like me, and there are a lot of people out there, trust me, who do not like me. The people who like me view me as, mm, I don't know, 70% friendly, maybe 20% something, 2% this, 2% that, and all the different qualities that I have make up 100% of Bruce. God is not like that. God is an infinite being. That is how God can be. 100% love, 100% wrath, 100% pure, 100%, he's 100% of everything. And it's not like one of these goofy colloquial things we say like, oh, I was given 110%. No, you weren't. You can only give 100%. You're human. But when you're infinite like God, everything you are is 100%. So... The My issue with the Jesus thing is the way it was presented last night, first I thought it was telling that the first commercial was all about the cute little pictures of the kids, the one boy standing on the back of another boy using the bathroom, the priceless, precious video of the little black boy running toward the little white boy and they're hugging, which the first commercial was all about harmony, about help, about, you know, Love. The second commercial, amazing photography, which clearly was taken from the summer of 2020, I would think a lot of it, in the uh, depiction of the anger, the rancor that's out there 
in our society then in the aftermath of George Floyd. You had people with bullhorns shouting into the face of other people, the facial anger and all that. And it was presented that Jesus gets along with, Jesus loves the people that we hate. That was the pretty much the takeaway of the second one. So what is the He Gets Us campaign? And what what things do I think we need to keep top of mind as we view this He Gets Us campaign? Now, let me just say, first of all, I have no problem with the marketing of Jesus. Because I go to a church, and you probably go to a church, if you go to a church, that is engaged in some aspect of marketing. If you put the title of the sermon on the billboard outside your church, you're marketing. If you have a website, you are marketing. So I have no problem with marketing Jesus. I don't find that to be untoward. I don't find that to be inauthentic. Really, the Great Commission is kind of a marketing list of a list of marketing orders, right? Go, where, tells you where, tells you what to do, tells you what to teach. The Great Commission is marketing. In fact, I've said before to people who will say to me when I say, you know, this is something that I would fear if I were you would separate me from God and have eternal consequences. Are you saying I'm going to hell? And my colloquial response to that is, I'm not in enforcement. I'm in marketing. I'm not in enforcement. I don't have the authority of God to tell you what the consequences of your actions will be. I'm in marketing. I'm about telling you what the Bible said, and you need to go and read it for yourself and see what it says to you. But if you're going to market Jesus, let's make sure we're marketing an accurate depiction of Jesus. And that is what I don't see in the He Gets Us campaign. Because the very connotation of the words, he gets us, is that it is somehow (laughs) incumbent upon Jesus to understand us. And I would say it's true. He understands us. Of course he does, because he was like us. He was 100% man, 100% God. But the really important part of the whole Jesus picture is that we get him, that we understand who he was. And he wasn't someone who came here to identify with all the emotions and the thoughts and the things that we feel. He was someone who came here so that we could understand, A, who he was, 100% God, and why he came here. And we'll get into that next. So some details. The accident that closed 71, uh, the trooper is the injured party. He's been taken to Grant Medical Center downtown. We hope that he is okay. Uh, We have been talking about uh, the three objects that were shot down by our military over the weekend. Pay no attention to the cylindrical object flying over you in Lake Huron. No word from the White House what that is, who that is, or why that is. Hopefully today. Well, I don't know. There might, I think there's a Mannix marathon on today. Joe Biden will not be making any statements today. But John Kirby will be at the podium, so they are sending in the varsity today. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre will not be there talking about Canada. That probably got her bounced from the update. Super Bowl was last night. We've talked about the ads, and I've been focusing on the 
He Gets Us ad campaign. Uh, I want to get back into that. But my comments from the last segment uh, prompt a response from Karen in Delaware. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Hey, Bruce. How are you? I'm great. Good. Hey, I just wanted to say, you keep saying Jesus was. I do. I keep saying Jesus is. is. No, he is. I don't, did I say was? I meant is. is. Yeah, no. yeah, you kept saying Jesus was. No. Well, and, uh, he and is. And they're probably talking he, about when he walked on the earth, yes. but I mean, he still is. Yes, he is. So, he was and not, is and is to come. Yes. Agreed. That's right. That's no right. dispute on okay. that. Okay. Thank you for holding me accountable that, on that, Karen. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, that's all. Yes. Okay. That's, thanks. Yes. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. No, he's, she's absolutely right. Uh, the Jesus who walked on the earth is the Jesus who is beside the Father now, and that is the Jesus who is coming back someday to gather his church. And the whole importance of looking deeply at the He Gets Us campaign is to make sure that when he comes back, that the people who think they are authentically following him have not been deceived, because that is what Satan is all about. Satan is about deceiving you. He doesn't care uh, if you uh, go to church. He doesn't mind if you volunteer at the church. In fact, he would probably like that because it's very possible to be engaged in a lot of churchy things, giving money to people and the things like that. But if you have not made a decision to authentically accept Jesus for who he is and why he came— And what he still offers people, even though he is not physically walking the earth now, well, then you will be among those who Jesus himself said, he will say to, I know you did this and that and the other, but I never knew you. So the he gets us ad campaign, I think, is something you need to be wary of. If it drives you to the Bible and you read the Gospels and you let the Gospels permeate your heart and you see a lot of stuff in the Apostle Paul's letters and John's writings, not just in the Gospel of John, but in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. If you read 1st and 2nd Peter and all the other books in the New Testament, and then you are curious, well, I wonder what's in the Old Testament, and you wind up there and you see the ties between the Old and the New Testament and how linked they are. And if all of that makes such an impression on you that you realize there are some radical changes that you need to make in appreciation for the forgiveness Jesus offers you, fantastic. But don't fall for the message of the He Gets Us campaign that, well, Jesus was canceled too. Jesus was a victim of cancel culture. No, Jesus was crucified. He wasn't canceled. If you've been a victim of cancel culture, uh, I'm sure it's painful. It's not anything close to crucifixion. It's not anything close to taking on your back the sins of the world. Not anything remotely close. Okay? So the effort to neuter the suffering of Jesus and the effort to exclude why he suffered, to make it so that we could be viewed as acceptable to the Father for eternal communion with him in heaven because of what Jesus did, not because of anything we do, that's not what I see in the He Gets Us campaign. What I see in the He Gets Us campaign is an effort to link Jesus in his earthly existence to our earthly existence. And that is not why he came. 
He did not come so we would go, well, you know, I should follow him because he lived a long time ago, and he went through a lot of the same things that I went through. He experienced a lot of the things that are going on in our culture, and so um, he's a great moral example. And I think, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to emulate him because he was a great moral example. Well, he was a great moral example because he was God and he was perfect and he was sinless. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins. But he was more than a moral example. He's the son of God. He is God himself. The book of Colossians says all things were created by him, through him, and for him. He is the creator of everything. Okay. And the creator of the He Gets Us project, a guy named John Lee, is quoted as saying, Our goal is to give voice to the pent-up energy of like-minded Jesus followers, those who are in the pews and the ones that aren't, who are ready to reclaim the name of Jesus from those who abuse it to judge, harm, and divide people. There is no doubt that many people have misused and misappropriated the teachings of Jesus and done great harm by doing so. But that was the case in his day as well. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, he came, his Sermon on the Mount, read it, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is a harsh review of how the mind of God was being portrayed to the people of that time. And Jesus presented a clearer, crystal clear context of how God views things. But we fall into this thing in our culture today, and particularly here in Columbus, where Washington Gladden Social Justice Park, and we have heretical pastors in this town like Tim Ahrens, where they would have you believe that if you get on board the Black Lives Matter movement, the LGBTQ movement, that that will somehow pile up goodwill with between you and God because you're tolerant and you're... I've said before, there's nothing more diverse, more equitable, and more inclusive than the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the gospel of Jesus Christ requires, first and foremost, one thing. The recognition that you are not good enough on your own, and that every single one of us is a sinful being, and that we have sin to repent of, to change our behavior, and to fall in line with how God tells us to live. That is essential. 